Well, I'm excited to conclude this series called Ask. Ask, and, and so today I want to talk to you from the subject of how to ask and pray with confidence. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, with confidence. There was a revival that took place, and the evangelist at the end of his service, he called everyone to come down up front that wanted prayer, that wanted to receive prayer, special prayer at the end of the service. And so as they came down, he began to pray over them, and, and he began to pray over people. And as he made his way down to about the middle of the crowd, he looks at this gentleman right in the eyes, and he says, sir, is there something I can pray with you for? The man said, yes, sir. Yes, pastor, you can pray for me. I need prayer for my hearing. So immediately the evangelist put both hands on both of the man's ears and began to pray with fervency, began to pray with passion. Uh, so much so it seemed the more, and the more he prayed, the louder he prayed, the louder the choir behind him began to sing. And so as the choir got louder, it, it encouraged him, it inspired him to pray with more passion and more fire, began to pray over this man. And after a couple moments went by, he, he put his hands down and he looked at the man and he said, well, how is your hearing? The man replied, he looked at the pastor, he said, well, pastor, I don't know. My hearing isn't until Wednesday at the courthouse. <laughs> it, was, it was the wrong kind of hearing. You know, the truth is, is that when, when it comes to prayer, sometimes we can walk into a season of prayer or we can walk into a moment of prayer uncertain about, am I praying for the right things? How do I pray? What should I do when I pray? Where should I pray? What's the right approach to prayer? Is prayer even going to work in this situation? What do I pray for? Does God even hear me? Does he hear me when I pray for certain things? And you may be here today and your confidence when it comes to prayer has been shaken. There may be some of you here today that, that you say, My conf I, I've never actually had confidence when it comes to prayer. Well, today I want to help answer these questions for you. And it's, it's important for you to know this, that if you lack confidence when it comes to prayer, that you're not alone today. It's important for you to understand that, 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 the, that, that confidence in prayer sometimes is things that, that we learn over time. And the scripture that we're going to be studying today, it, it shows us how we can gain confidence when we ask and pray for things. The scripture is found in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. It says this, it says, Now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The disciples, the, the men who walked the earth with Jesus, the men who heard the sermons from Jesus, the men who saw with their own eyes the miracles that Jesus had performed found themselves in a place where they're asking the question, Lord, teach us to pray. 
And Jesus illustrates, he lays out the words in Luke chapter 11. And it's important for us to know today that praying with confidence is not so much about reciting the words of a prayer, but looking deeper into the model that Jesus laid out for his disciples and for us today. As a matter of fact, to make it more plain, that prayer is simply talking to Jesus. Every time you are having a conversation with God, you are praying in that moment. We're going to look at this passage of scripture called the Lord's Prayer as a model for prayer. We're going to break down the Lord's Prayer into an acronym, an acronym that we'll call ACTS, A-C-T-S. And this is a model that I have used for a long time, and this is also a model that Pastor Herbert uses. It's a great model that you and I can use in our prayer time. The first letter in the word ACTS is A, and A stands for adore. Adore means this. It means to love and respect someone deeply. And this is how Jesus starts the prayer with with a deep love and respect for God. In Luke 11, 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father. Jesus teaches us that the first two words to pray is our Father, to adore our Heavenly Father. This helps us in our prayer time to help us to realize, to know that God desires to be Our Father. Jesus refers to God as Father over 150 times in the scriptures. Why? Because Jesus wants us to know that God is not just simply a force, even though He is a force, and that God is not simply a power, even though He is all powerful. But He wants us to realize and know that God is our Heavenly Father. He is a good Father, a good, good Father. And And the scriptures say in Galatians chapter 3, it says that, so in Christ Jesus, so if you're in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As a father of four children, one of the things that I love is for no random reason when one of my kids look at me and say, Daddy, I love you. You know that the, the same is true for God today is that, is that when we approach God through prayer by calling him, by, by calling him our father, we are simply saying, God, I adore you. I love you. Every morning when I start my prayers, I pray first. I first adore God. Why? Because God has been too good to Bodore to not adore my heavenly father. He has just been too faithful to me. Time and time again, I look back. I look, I look back at circumstances. I look back at situations. I can't help but adore God. Why? Because he's been too good to me. There are times when in prayer and in the morning where I put on that song, Good, Good Father. I don't sing it. I pray it. Why? Because I can't sing. But, but he's a good, good father. It's who you are. It's all he knows how to be. All he knows how to be is a good father. To those who are in Christ, the Bible says that you are all children of God. When we adore God as our father, we are putting God first Every morning, putting God first, putting him on the throne of my heart because God is God over my life. And when you pray with confidence, you confidently approach God and you adore him and you're saying, God, I adore you. I worship you because you are God. I worship you because you are my heavenly father. I put you first in my life 
today, every day, adore God. Every day, go before God, worshiping him, thanking him for all that he's done. Saying, God, I adore you today. The second letter in the word Acts is C, and C stands for confess. Confess. It says in Luke chapter 11, verse 4, it says, And forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus teaches that we should confess our sins when we pray. Understand this today, that we all have made mistakes. We all have fallen short of God's glory. We all have sinned, and prayer is the moment, prayer is the time where you take all of your hurts, all of your mess-ups, all of your mistakes, all of your hang-ups, and you bring them to God, confidently confessing, God, I need forgiveness. You don't need to live under the umbrella of guilt. You don't need to live under the umbrella of shame. You can take all of your sins, all of your mistakes, and you confess them before God. 1 John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When you confess your sins to God, Know this, that God is always faithful. Come on, when you confess your hang-ups to God, God is always faithful. When you confess, God, I messed up again, the same thing over, God is always faithful. God is faithful to forgive you, but not only to forgive you, but to purify you, to bring you through the process of purification. God wants to do a purifying work in and through your life, and it starts by praying confidently, saying, God, I messed up again. God, I did this. God, would you please help me? Please forgive me of my sins. And God promises that he is always faithful to forgive you and to bring you on the journey of purification. There are some of you here today that you are living under the umbrella of guilt. You're living under the umbrella of shame. There is sin that is ravaging your life, your family, your career, your finances. And God wants you to know that if you confess it before him, he is faithful. Every day in prayer, confess, God, I need your help. Every day in prayer, God, I am not good enough. In it. God, I need your help in this area of my life. And God is always faithful. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he is always faithful. Come on, Midwest City, Northwest, look at your neighbor. He is always faithful. Jesus goes on in Luke chapter 11 to say for us to pray, God, would you lead me not into temptation? What I love about this model that Jesus is laying out before his disciples and for us here today is that, is that when we adore him, we put him in the right place. And then when we confess, we can not only, we not only confess that we have fallen short, but God begins the purification process. But then we also acknowledge that God, I am, I need forgiveness from the past, but I also need direction for the future. 
Confession is not just forgiveness of everything I've done, but it's also a path in which I can walk the way I lead. I, I am led towards the things of God and away from the things that separate me from God. I, God, today, I confess I need your direction in my life. God, today, I confess that I have fallen short, but I need your forgiveness and your, your purification is going to lead me away from the things that are tempting me. It's not just forgiveness of the past, but it's a direction for the future. God, lead me away from my sins and towards the plans and the purpose that you have for my life. As you pray, you should also confess that we need God's help to forgive others. This is a tough one. People have wronged you. You found yourself on the other side of someone doing something wrong to you. Jesus says that we should forgive those who have sinned against us. Even though it's hard, we should forgive those who have sinned. They hurt us. They did us wrong. They, they let us down. The Bible says that we have the opportunity in confident prayer of forgiving those. We have to bring our hurt. We have to bring our disappointment, we have to bring those things to God in prayer. Several years ago, there was someone I love deeply, betrayed me. They hurt me. Unforgiveness began to settle in my heart. Every time I thought about it, more hurt, more pain, it was real. But in prayer, I found victory. In prayer, I found the ability to bring forgiveness to that person. In prayer, I experience freedom. Why? Because God says that when we pray confidently, we can confess, God, I need your help, not just for forgiveness for me, but I need to forgive those who have sinned against me. There's a quote that says this, unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord wants for our future. In prayer, you can experience freedom. In prayer, you bring that to God and God will begin to lay out forgiveness in your heart for those who have done wrong to you. Unforgiveness is damaging. It is so key for us to take our hurts to God. Don't let it keep poisoning your life. Prayer is your key today for freedom, for victory. A is for adore, C is for confess, and the third letter in Acts is T, and T is for thanks. In Luke chapter 11, verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy is your name, because God's name is great, because God is a healer. Because God is a provider, because God is a redeemer, because God is a savior, because he is the everlasting father, because God is the prince of peace, because every good gift that we have comes from God. Now, these are great words, but when you pray with confidence, it is not just God is a savior, but God is my savior. It's not just God is a healer, but it's God is my 
my healer. It's not just God is a provider, but God is my provider. It's not just God is a redeemer. It's God is my redeemer. And when you pray, you bring your thanks to God because everything he has done for you deserves thanks. You spend time thanking God when we pray. Thank God for his many blessings in your life. The Bible says it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Everybody say all. all. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you pray, spend time giving him thanks. Not just for who God is in general, but for who he is in your life, for who he is in my life, in every circumstance, in every season, in every victory, in every struggle. I am thankful that God is God over all circumstances. I am not good enough for my victories, and I am not strong enough to fight through my struggle. God, I thank you no matter what season. God, I thank you no matter what circumstance. God, I thank you that last year was what it was, but this year you've got a plan and a purpose and and a destiny for my life. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that is going to give God thanks in all circumstances, in every season, in every struggle, in every victory. God, I thank you that you are God over it all. He is God over all things. What does this look like? In my daily prayer, I thank God for what he's done in my life. Times are hard. I thank God for what he is doing in my life. God, I thank you that what you're going to do in my life. God, I thank you that your word is not just truth, but it is truth for me. His word is truth for you today. Have you ever met somebody? They had every right, every excuse to complain, but they chose not to. They just, just joyful, just thankful for no reason. Like, you, try, you, you feel so bad for them, you start making excuses for them. And they're like, no, thank you, but I, I choose to be thankful. Several years ago, we were at a family get-together. My mom and dad pulled myself and my younger siblings out onto the back patio. My mom began to let us know that she had been dealing with a disease called cancer. The first and only time I'd ever heard my mom say the words cancer, but she wanted to be real. She wanted to be upfront with us and let us know what the diagnosis was. My mom began to later, in, in the conversation, she began to later lay out, listen, whether it's on this side of eternity or on the other, I will be healed. Can I tell you today that today she is cancer-free. She's in remission. She, but, but the greatest... The greatest thing that my, my siblings and I learned in that moment was that my mom chose to be thankful not for the facts but for the truth. And there are seasons in your life where the facts are going to try to override the truth of God. But you have got to be real. You've got to be confident in your prayers that no matter whether the facts are true or I'm living in the truth, I will give thanks to God. There may be facts in for you today. You may be sick in your body, but the truth is you can thank God that by his stripes you are healed. 
The fact is you may be feeling lonely today, but the truth is you can thank God today that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. The fact is you may be feeling discouraged about your life. The truth is you can thank God that his, he has a plan for your life and it's one for a hope and for a future to give you plans and to give you what he has in store for your life. The fact is you may be living in fear today. The truth is you can thank God that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Doesn't matter if you are dealing with the disease. You Doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the facts of life right now. You can stand firm on the truth of God's promise and still give thanks in every season and every circumstance and every moment of your life. There are things that will come at you. But the one thing those circumstances can't control is your heart of thankfulness. You choose to give thanks in all circumstances, the Bible says. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In spite of the facts, there are always, there's always something to be thankful for. I'm thanking God no matter what situation I face in life. I am thankful that he is God. A is for adore. C is for confess. T is for thanks. And lastly, S is for supplication. Luke 11, 2 and 3 says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. After you've spent time worshiping God in prayer, after you've confessed your sins and, and confess you need God's help for forgiveness, and after you've thanked God, then Jesus teaches us to ask God for, to meet our needs, to ask God to bless our lives. I come before God every day and I pray and I make my requests known to God. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Matthew 7 talks about how in prayer we, we ask and it will be given. We, we seek and you will find. You knock and the door will be open. Make your request known to God. We can pray confidently knowing that God cares for us today. You can present all of your needs and all of your concerns to God. Tell God what's happening in your marriage and in your dating relationship. And then you pray, God, your will be done in my marriage and in my dating relationship. If you're single, God, your will be done in my life. Help me to become the husband you want me to become. Help me to become the wife that you have called me to become. Tell God what's on your heart about your emotions. And then, then you pray, God, your will be done in my emotions. Tell God what's happening with your kids. And then pray, God, your will be done in my kids' lives. God, give, give my kids their daily bread at their school. Tell God what's on your heart about your finances, what's on your heart about your job or your, your future job. And then pray, God, give me daily bread with my finances. God, help me with my job, my future job. There is true power 
in prayer. And God answers prayer. But the Bible goes on to say that there are some prayers that won't be answered until you combine prayer with fasting. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 where the disciples are trying to cast a demon out of a young boy and, and they can't do it. And Jesus shows up on the scene and casts the demon out. And, and the disciples waited for Jesus to get alone and they asked the question, why did it not work for us? And this is Jesus' response in Mark chapter 9 verse 28 and 29. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Jesus says this, this kind of demon only comes out when you combine prayer and fasting. What Jesus is teaching us to here today is that, that some breakthroughs in our lives, that, that some deliverances in our life, that, that some victories in our life will only come when we pray and fast. I don't know about you, but I need a greater level of breakthrough and victory in my life. I need breakthrough in finances. You may be here, you need breakthrough in your finances or in, in your career. We need the power of God to show up in a greater way in our life. This happens when we pray and fast. Fasting is giving up something and spending time in prayer and worship. As a church, we, we are having 14 days of prayer and fasting beginning January the 13th through January the 26th. We're going to seek God together. We're going to sacrifice some things and, that we enjoy and spend time praying. For most of us, we're, we're giving up food. Some of us will not eat for 14 days. Some of us will do the Daniel fast, just eating fruits and vegetables for 14 days. Some of us will give up television or social media for 14 days. The key is to sacrifice something and give up something that we love and then use the time we would normally use and spend that time in prayer with God. If you have any questions or there's more information you would like, you can visit peopleschurch.tv slash fasting. We want to partner with you. We want to see God bring a breakthrough in and through your life. We have special prayer meetings uh, for the two weeks beginning January the 14th. Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. at every one of our campuses. Would you come to the prayer meetings? Would you come and experience all that God has for you? Some things only happen by prayer and fasting, Jesus says. And on Saturday mornings on January 19th and January the 26th, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at every one of our campuses, we will have a time of worship and a time of prayer. Let's seek God together as a church. Those Saturday mornings will be a great opportunity to get the whole family there. Students, I know the week, some of the week may be challenging for you to get here early because of school and because of rides, but you can get here on the Saturdays. Let's seek God together as a church, and I know God is going to do something significant in and through your life. 
last summer, I went for a typical checkup. And as the doctor began to check me, he, he placed his stethoscope right here on my chest, kind of nodded and hmm, was a little bit intrigued and spent a little bit more time there. And then he asked me the question, has anybody ever told you that you have uh, an irregularity in your heartbeat? I said, no, sir. He asked me to see, he said, would you go see a specialist? And in that moment, the first thing that hit my life, first thing that hit me was anxiety, worry, doubt, being the question. But immediately I remembered that I have the ability to go confidently before God. I have the ability to go confidently and boldly before God because he is my heavenly father. I begin to pray, begin to fast, God, you do what only you can do. I went through a series of tests and saw multiple specialists and at the end of the day, everything was fine. But what I'm most, and what I'm most thankful about, about for that entire season is that through the process, I had peace. Through the process, I knew and I could trust that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. When Jesus says there are certain things that only come through prayer and fasting, there are certain victories that you are going to experience this year because you have committed to prayer and fasting. There are certain victories that your family is going to walk through because you have committed yourself to prayer and fasting. There's going to be financial freedom for some of you here today because you are committed to prayer and fasting. There are going to be people in your workspace that are going to get healed. They're going to get set free. They're going to come to know the saving knowledge of who God is because you're going to spend time pray in prayer and in fasting. Jesus says that certain things only come through prayer and fasting. What is God going to do in and through your life? I understand this today, that prayer and fasting is not just for what's now. It's also for what's next. A is for a door. C is for confession. T is to give thanks. And S is supplication. 